Hey there, Ruby DeLuna here from the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle. We've got lots of news for you on this freezing cold day. Let's get to it. It's Friday, January 12th. Seattle is likely done with its brief flurry of snow, but that bitter cold air out of Canada will linger into early next week. That's the word from National Weather Service meteorologist Maddie Christel. Our primary focus right now is the extreme cold. We're seeing widespread temperatures that are really struggling this afternoon to get out of the low 20s. Christelle says the Bellingham area felt the coldest temperatures in western Washington this morning, with wind gusts over 50 miles an hour and wind chill in the minus 20-degree range. In Seattle this weekend, expect overnight lows in the 15-degree range or lower and highs in the mid to upper 20s. Christelle doesn't expect any precipitation in the Seattle area until the middle of next week and says we probably won't get back up to the 40s again until Wednesday. With the below freezing weather, King County has opened shelters. Still, some unhoused people in Seattle are choosing to stay outdoors even overnight. And Dornfeld has more. It's 19 degrees, and Taylor Peterson's nose is bright red as he and a friend fight the icy wind to cover their tent with a rainfly. They spent last night here near T Mobile Park, but Peterson says they barely slept. Oh, man, it was horrible last night. It was so cold. Oh, my God, it was so cold. We were praying, singing all that night long, just seeing uh, lullabies to Jesus, you know. There's an emergency shelter two blocks away, but when asked if they might go there tonight, Taylor's friend changes the subject. Several blocks away in Little Saigon, the food stamp drug market is still bustling, although many on the street are huddled around a barbecue for warmth. One man says he's keeping warm with extra layers of clothing. They're all unbuttoned or unzipped. He tries again and again to start his lighter, but his fingers are numb. Ann Dornfeld, KUOW News. And here's KUOW's Casey Martin. He's been talking with people living outside who are finding shelter this weekend. On Thursday night, about a dozen people stood outside in the snow, waiting to get into Seattle City Hall. Most had come from the library, where they had just heard City Hall would open because of the cold. Michael Boyce stood outside the doors, carrying a sleeping bag and extra blankets. I sleep really warm. As long as I have a good blanket and can stay dry, I tend to do really well. He typically sleeps outside in nearby parks, but that night he had to get inside. The snow. Getting wet is the quickest way to get cold. As soon as you get wet, there's no controlling it. There's nothing you can do, so... A couple blocks away, some tents lined 3rd Avenue, where people said they knew about the City Hall shelter, but because it was open just the one night, they weren't moving their tent. People living outside are the most at risk of dying from extreme weather. Last month, at least two people living in vehicles in King County died from hypothermia. Casey Martin, KOW News. The Federal Aviation Administration is taking a closer look at Boeing's 737 MAX 9 production lines in two Seattle-area plants. The FAA announced a new oversight plan today as it investigates the safety of the aircraft. Monica Nicholsberg has more. In an interview with CNBC, FAA Administrator Michael Whitaker said problems with the 737 MAX 9 likely go beyond Friday's in-flight blowout. The aircraft that was involved in the accident last week at Alaska 
was less than three months old. So this is a brand new aircraft. It has just come off the line and it had significant problems. And we believe there are other manufacturing problems uh, as well. Inspectors will also look at the quality control measures in place at Boeing subcontractor Spirit Aerosystems. In a statement, Boeing said it welcomes the additional scrutiny and any measures that improve safety. Monica Nicholsberg, KUOW News. The U.S. Attorney's Office in Seattle confirms it's reviewing the case against three Tacoma police officers involved in the death of Manuel Ellis. Amy Radel has more. Last month, the three officers, Christopher Burbank, Matthew Collins, and Timothy Rankin, were tried and acquitted for their role in Ellis' death in 2020. Ellis' family members then called for the U.S. Justice Department to evaluate whether the police officers violated Ellis' civil rights when they forcibly restrained him. Ellis died at the scene after saying he couldn't breathe. Now the U.S. Attorney's Office says it's conducting an independent review of the case against the police officers, and that if that review reveals violations of federal criminal statutes, the Justice Department will take appropriate action. Wayne Fricke, a defense attorney for Officer Burbank, says he sees the DOJ doing their due diligence, and he expects they will then close the case. Amy Radel, KUOW News. Fresh off a loss to Michigan in the national title game, Washington Huskies head coach Kalen DeBoer appears to be on his way to take the head coaching job at the University of Alabama. Vaughn Jones has more. Some big-name football coaches have headed for the exits this week. Pete Carroll leaving the Seahawks, Bill Belichick departing the Patriots, and Alabama's Nick Saban, who retired this week after winning six national titles with the Crimson Tide. Next up in Tuscaloosa, UW's Kalen DeBoer, who up until this week was expected to sign a new deal that would keep him in Montlake. DeBoer leaves a Washington team that's losing starting quarterback Michael Penix Jr., number one wide receiver Roma Dunze, and several other players to the NFL draft. DeBoer's final record at Washington is 25 wins and three losses over two seasons. Washington will now need to find a new head coach as it enters the Big Ten. Vaughn Jones, KUOW News. Your next food delivery order could cost more. That's because Seattle's new minimum wage for app-based workers takes effect tomorrow. Platforms like DoorDash are now required to pay delivery drivers a minimum wage that comes out to more than $26 an hour plus mileage. Marcos Wanless is with the Seattle Latino Chamber of Commerce. He says the new wage rates will hurt businesses, consumers, and drivers. This uh, was only going to increase prices. And as prices go up, then demand goes down. Uber Eats announced changes in fees and tipping as a result of the new law. Customers will only be able to tip after food is delivered. Wanless and other businesses are calling on the new city council to review the ordinance and offer changes. The new law also allows drivers to refuse jobs without penalty. King County Court today sentenced a Seattle man to 18 months in prison for theft. Ricardo Mejia was previously convicted for promising to help three different immigrant couples become legally documented without actually providing services. Chris File is one of the county prosecutors who worked on the case. We don't think that the facts are that rare, but what's unusual here is the persistence that the victims showed. 
and the bravery that they showed in bringing these allegations to light. In total, court documents say Mejia received more than $70,000 over the span of a few years as the families tried to find a way to get legal status. The court did not order Mejia to compensate the victims, but did order 10 years of no contact. Seattle Police Chief Adrian Diaz is facing a lawsuit alleging he has allowed a sexist workplace at SPD. KUOW's Ashley Hiroko reports. Deanna Nolet has been with the Seattle Police Department for 27 years. She rose to the rank of assistant chief and then was demoted last summer. In her lawsuit, Nolet said that Diaz has a, quote, history of misogyny and is, quote, demeaning to women in the police force. The lawsuit alleges that Diaz excluded women commanders from social events. Nolet cites one occasion when she complained about a social football game, saying the women may not want to play. Diaz's reply, according to Nolet, was that the women could then be cheerleaders. The Seattle City Attorney's Office declined to comment for this story. Nolet is one of at least three longtime employees who have filed suit against SPD in the last three years, two of them specifically named Chief Diaz. Ashley Haruko, KUOW News. A group of eight Washington voters have filed to block former President Donald Trump's name from the state's presidential primary ballot. They filed their challenge in Kitsap and Thurston County courts on Wednesday. Kitsap resident Frankie Ithaca led the effort and says Trump's involvement in the January 6th attacks on the U.S. Capitol bans him from holding office. And his continued words to say that he's going to pardon potentially all of the insurrectionists, that's too dangerous for me. In response, state Republican Party chair Jim Walsh dismissed the move, calling it an appeal to the anti-Trump base. You know, it's more theater than it is real law. But, you know, theater is part of politics, and so people are indulging in this. A Kitsap County Superior Court judge will consider the filing early next week. The U.S. Supreme Court will hear arguments next month in a similar challenge brought in Colorado that could have far-reaching implications on Trump's run for another term. And that's a wrap from the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle. Our producer is Andy Hurst. I'm Ruby DeLuna. We're off on Monday for the Martin Luther King Jr. Day holiday. We'll be back on Tuesday with another episode. Have a great weekend. Thank you.